Amen. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter. Come on, give the Lord praise. Isn't he awesome? <laughs> Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love uh, this day. Of course, as believers, we celebrate this day every day of the year. How many of you guys understand that? Amen. But, you know, this is the time the whole world thinks about it, you know, and uh, this is what it's all about. So if you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. If you haven't been here in a year, welcome back. Amen. Amen. My name is Sean Afkin. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad you're here today. You know, I, I was thinking about today, um, and I, I, was, I was even thinking throughout my childhood, you know, what is Easter about? And so really, I, I have three questions we're going to answer about Resurrection Day, Easter, what it's all about, what does it mean to me, and how does it give hope for my life? And there will be really three opportunities for you to respond to those questions here at the end of the service. But I was thinking about that because I, I was watching um, the news, and there's a lot of discussion actually this year on the news is why do we need to continue to uh, celebrate Easter? And, uh, and a, a lot of people, I mean, there, there's many different groups, uh, types of people here today. I mean, some of you have been in church all your life or many, many years, and you grew up in church, or you, but you've been, you've been a believer. That means you've been a follower of Christ for a long time, and so, uh, but there's some people here that, you know, you might, you're fairly new as a Christian, and uh, you have, you've given your life to the Lord, you, you, you felt his love, and you're receiving his forgiveness, and you're starting to work out that being like Christ every day, but there's some people here that, you know, you don't know the Lord, and you, you don't know even maybe why you're here, you heard there's an Easter egg hunt, and, uh, but, uh, and there is after, right after the service here today at 1030 out in our field out there with, for, for your kids, not for you, okay? And, um, but, um, uh, so we don't know. A lot of times, in, even on the news, we're saying, why should we do that? And uh, Shelly uh, came up to me about a song that we were going to sing, and, but uh, about a song. It reminded me of times when I was growing up, and we would sing these wonderful hymns. How many of you guys remember those? And here, here is one, he says, and it's, uh, it's, it's about the blood. There's power in the blood, and he says, would you be free from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil or a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder, wonderful working power in the blood of the Lamb, in the precious blood of the Lamb. I mean, that's just a powerful thing. But what does even that mean to some people? I remember growing up when I was... I became a believer when I was 12 years old. My whole family walked the aisle and got saved at the same time. And I was, I was always, when we were singing that song, I mean, talking about, I, understand, I love power because, I, you know, my favorite, you know, guy who I model myself after is Superman. No, I'm joking. But, I mean, I love superheroes, so I understood power. But what does that mean? How does that change us today? And uh, what does the blood mean? And I think a lot of times, even as us as, as, as long-time believers, we look at that and we don't really give it the honor anymore. It becomes even, oh, it's another day, it's another Sunday, it's, uh, it's, but it's not. I mean, this is something that's so powerful. The whole universe was changed over 2,000 years ago because of this day. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not a story that's a fairy tale. It's a story of history. It actually happened. So what is Easter all about? 
First John chapter 4, verse 10 says this. You can follow along. There's some notes in the bulletin. You can follow along with us. It says this. This is real love. Not that we love God. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about me loving God. This is what happened. Because this is how we view love, isn't it? If, if someone loves me, I'll love them back. But this is not what God said. He says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And a sin is this. It, it means missing the mark. It's anything that missed the mark between, uh, around the standard of God. If the standard of God is this and we don't do it, we miss the mark. And so, so beyond all the, the Easter bunnies and chocolate, which is okay, I love chocolate. Chocolate is godly most of the time, right? Amen? Yeah, heavenly, that's right. There's, you know, that's okay about the streets of gold, gold in heaven. If they were streets of chocolate, I would be there all the time eating them. But anyway, because you know, in heaven, you know, there's no gaining weight. You're going to be perfect all the time, Amen? I've always told you about my six-pack. I'm going to have my six-pack. I'm going to just rip it open. I'll be shirtless in heaven. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you don't want to be shirtless now, right? But in heaven, it's going to be okay. But let's, let's, let, me, let me talk about the story, and let me frame it like in a courtroom to kind of give you an understanding of what really happened and why God had to do what he did. So God is the judge. The Father God is the judge. The devil the enemy is the prosecutor, and Jesus is the defense attorney, and we as mankind are the defendant. And this is the story, a loving God, a heavenly Father who longs for companionship for his kids. He lo- How many guys have kids? Now, I know sometimes you want to kick them out, but I have a 21-year-old. She just came back for Easter, and I'm so happy. I haven't even seen her yet. I'll see her second service because she's asleep. But anyway, um, I long to have to talk with her, and I get mad when I call and she doesn't answer the phone. She's taking like she's acting like her her mom. But you know that I, I want to I want to ha- hang out with her. So I'm glad she's home. But that's what God was. God is a perfect father, and He wants to hang out with you. Can you imagine that? He wants to have a relationship with his crown jewel of all the creation, mankind. And he created this world, this earth, his masterpiece. And he built this world around free choice, free will, and responsibility. And with that free will and that free choice that you and I have, because he didn't want us to serve him and love him like robots. He wanted us to be like him. He has a choice. But with that choice comes reward and consequence. Blessing and cursing. Life or death. We have a choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So we have a choice. So the firstborn of all creation, Adam, had a choice. And his actions would affect, his decisions would affect everyone that would come after him. And the charges that are against us is this. Because the first Adam chose death, he chose death to disobey God. 
He chose to sin. Because of that choice, the consequence of that choice is eternal separation from God and death. Now, each one of us, we make choices contrary to God's plan every day in some way. And here comes the prosecutor, the devil, and he hates you because he wants what you have. And here God, he poured out everything for us. He didn't do that for the enemy, so he hates you. So the prosecutor wants to hold God to his word. That when someone, when man would choose death, he must die. And he cannot have that relationship with God any longer. So the prosecutor wants to enforce the consequences of the choice. Death and separation from from God. But the judge, who is God, our Heavenly Father, wants to find a way to acquit mankind. For his desire is for them. But he is bound by his word. God is bound by what he says in his word. And to compromise his word would compromise all that he created, but also compromise all that he is. The choice has been made and mankind must face the consequences. Death. He had no choice. But God's word, Jesus. God's word, Jesus, our advocate, our defender, he steps up. He steps up to the plate and he keeps God's word and he takes on flesh and he comes into our world and he becomes a man. But he lives as a man perfectly. And with all the many different crossroads in life, all the many decisions that we would make in in each and every day, he always chooses life in every decision. He never fails. He never, never stumbles. He always chooses life. He never chooses death. He never drops the, the ball. He is perfect. And he lives a sinless life on this earth. He lives like we should have lived. The only one who qualifies for life, Jesus. And he lives on this earth perfectly. But then he chooses to die in the place of every one of us. Because of our choices, death was our consequence. Eternally, physically, and spiritually. And so Jesus, who lived life and chose life at every turn, chooses to die in our place. He takes our sin, the thing that separates us from God, that separates us from the relationship with God, separates us from the destiny and the purposes of God in our life, and He takes our sin, and He takes the punishment for that sin, and He is nails it to the cross. He is nailed to the cross, and He dies. And Colossians 2.14 says He canceled the record of charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Aren't you glad for that? And as the only man to ever make life his choice at every crossroads, he has a right that no other man has. He deserves life. And as the prosecutor the enemy argued that God must keep his word, and he did, but then God, because the man, Jesus, lived a sinless life, resurrects, Jesus, the only sinless man, and Jesus now becomes the first Adam. And this is what happens. We are declared innocent. 
because of all that Jesus has done. Romans 5.17 says this, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even, even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift, His gift of righteousness, for all who will receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus did it all. So what is this all about? It's all about a God who loves us so much that he doesn't want to live without us. So he chose to die in our place. He took your sin. He took my sin. And every person from Adam on has sinned. And he took it for us so we could live. We are his favorite. We are the apple of God's eye. We are the center of his universe. He, Easter and Resurrection Day is all about a loving God proving that his word to us is good. And there is nothing that will change it. Jesus gave it all for you and I. So we might live. So now he has laid out that choice for you and I again to choose life. And not only to be able to choose it, but gave us the power to choose life every day. So what does this mean for me? What does it mean for you? What does Easter, Resurrection Day, mean for us as mankind? It means contrary to what religion and this world says, that God is for you. He is for you. He is not mad, and He will fight for you. And that's what He did. He laid it all down for you and I. He gave it all. That God has great plans for you and He has a purpose for your life. And God has not forgotten me or left me. Aren't you glad about that? No matter, you may be in here and you think God's forgotten you. He's not there, but He is there. He gave it all. Not for you to be forgotten, but for you to be found. For me to have a relationship with Him. And God's plan And his purpose in my life is not based on my performance. It's based on my choice again. Is that I get to choose. I get to choose life. And he wants us that because he wants a relationship. 1 John 5, 12 says this. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have have the Son of God does not have life. I've been there. I remember my family not being a believer. Not loving Jesus. And we did not have life. We were hurting one another. We were hurting ourselves. We were addicted. But when we gave our life to Christ, something changed. We didn't become perfect on the outside. We still dealt with issues. But on the inside, something was changing. His spirit was in me. Something started to change inside of me. And guess what also started to change? The outside of me. See, God has proven that no matter the cost, He will keep His Word. And His Word is the only solid thing that's solid enough to build a life worth living. He's given us the ability to choose. So how does Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection give hope today? Listen to this. I don't know where you're at, but there's hope. So I said there's there's three groups of people here. There's three choices that we have to make today. You may be here and you've been a believer for all your life, but maybe you're, you've kind of lost some focus. Listen. To keep Jesus, since he, we are the apple of his eye, to keep him as the apple of our eye, 
that's where hope is. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 talks about, the, the writer says, laying aside every weight and sin, everything that slows us down, so we're able to run this race with patient, patience. In verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Some of us need to refocus and go stronger after him. Because there's hope. Some of you have kind of been wavering in your faith and, and you, need, you need to understand there is nothing else out there. In fact, the whole book of Hebrews was written to people who were going, trying to go, were going to go away from the Lord and telling them why he is Jesus is much. Oh, this is falling apart here. Jesus is much better than anything that you can see in this world. Do you know that? So we've gotten our eyes off, off the Lord here and we started to chase other things. And some of you have never put your eyes on the Lord, but let me tell you something. There's hope for you today. There's a life. In fact, the thing about the Lord, and I know what He does with me, and if He does it with me, I know He's going to do it with you. He's always knocking at our door. He's always pulling at our heart, saying, come closer. Come to a place where I can heal you. Come to this place. Make that choice. And that, that place is that choice. Today is all about choices. So God loved me at my worst. And his love for me never changes. Did you know that you cannot make God more mad or at you at all because of the sin you do? He loves you. He looks to you through his son Jesus where his wrath was placed on him. And he sees you through his eyes, through love. He loves you. And sometimes I, I deal with people all the time. They think God is mad at me. He doesn't want to be with me. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. He is one. He's on the edge of his throne. He says, come on. I just need you to take a step. I just need you to say yes. And when you say yes, I'm going to run to you. It's like the prodigal son, the prodigal son who went away from his father. He took all that his father had given him and he squandered it. And he found himself face in the mud, you know, with the pigs. And he thought, if I could go back to my dad, at least I could be a servant. And that's all he was expecting. God, just dad, just let me work for you. Let me be a slave. And he found his dad on the front porch, basically, looking out for him, waiting for his son to return. And when he saw his son in the horizon, he runs after him because his son chose to make a right decision to choose life. And he ran. And the Bible says he jumped on his neck. And I don't know, that must have hurt. It sounds like it hurt to me. But he came and he hugged him. And he got all over him. He loved him. No matter what your story is in your life, there's hope. Some of you may need a job that your marriage may be in shambles and, you, and it needs a miracle. God is a miracle working God. Your family may be in a wreck. You may be addicted. You may be lonely. You may be about ready to lose your home or lose your business or whatever. Or you may be starting out on something new and you're just so afraid. God says there is hope and he wants to come and work in your situation. You know why he wants to do that? Because he created you. He loves you. You are his kid and he'll do anything for his kids. You may say, I'm away from Jesus. And I need to find my way home. Listen, it is making that choice. His word is proven. It is true. And it is for you. And you have the full backing of heaven's power. And it's wrapped in the glory and the grace of his marvelous love. 
About 2,000 years ago, God, God used a man named Paul to speak to people facing uncertain times. Many people at that time had lost their homes and lost their families. They were forced by the Roman occupiers to work jobs that was beneath them, and that was almost slavery. Their political situation was precarious, and even everything that once seemed stable was now crumbling apart. And at any moment, they could have been killed, especially if they believed in Jesus. And here's what God told Paul to say to these people. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, won't he also, I love this, won't he also give us everything else? There is hope for your situation. And we are the proof and truth of those words. God is here. Jesus said himself, my purpose is to give you rich and satisfying life. Jesus made the choice to become sin for you. To take your sin. And that produced hope for generations after generations who, who, who succeeded against all odds. And today, that hope has been passed for, to us. Romans 5, 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Aren't you glad about that? He loves you today. No matter what, what, where you're at in your life, He wants to infuse you with His life, infuse you with His power, with His hope. So today can be a new day. I have some testimonies of people I want to read. People who have given their life to the Lord and how God has worked in their life. Here's one. That God provided a purpose and path for me. He accompanied me through a nasty divorce. He helped me confront my problems and lay them at the feet of Jesus rather than bear the burden myself. God gave me peace rather than relying on alcohol to mask my pain and sin and choices. Amen. Here's another one. These are two, two different ones from the same person, but you'll see it here. It says, God healed my wife of her stomach pain. Today, God promised me that my brother will be delivered from alcohol in two weeks. <clears throat> I have faith that will happen. Two weeks, two weeks later, here's the next one. Two weeks ago here at church, God promised me that in two weeks my little brother will be delivered from alcohol. I talked to him today, and I have never heard him so happy. He told me that every time in the last two weeks he would try to drink beer, he would get sick, and he decided to stop. <laughs> Woo! Amen! Isn't that great? Here's one. You're going to love this one. I was a meth dealer for a Mexican mafia. I gave my life to Jesus. Now I have a bachelor's of science in nursing, and I'm an assistant director of nursing at my facility. Amen. I got in an auto accident on, on Monday, which was a few weeks ago, and I had whiplash, and I got prayed for by the prayer team and was healed immediately. I was diagnosed with throat cancer, stage 4, in 2010. My treatment included chemotherapy and radiation. It made me very sick. I required a feeding tube because I couldn't eat. I lost 60 pounds. But God was with me and brought me through this battle. He is faithful. 
Nine months ago, my radiation oncologist told me, you are no longer in remission, but cured. I give all praise and honor and glory to my Lord Jesus. He says this, he goes on, he says, whatever you are battling, keep your eyes on Jesus. Pray, seek God, speak healing scriptures over you. Don't stop believing. What's that? Is that a journey song? Don't stop believing. Anyway. (laughs) I actually have that on my phone. Anyway. um, God is faithful. All his promises are yes and amen. Here's another one. I'm, a, uh, I'm in my mid, I'm a mid-30s man. I began, I began drinking when I was 8 years old. Drug sex by 13 years old. I was in a circle of insanity for over 20 years. All I can completely say is he dropped me to my knees. And once I was truly willing, I gave myself to him. A true peace came over me. My life is not perfect, but I no longer feel empty. Here's another one, my last one. When I was a little girl, I had the Cinderella dress and snow white shoes. I wore them all around the house. I loved it. I thought I could be a princess. All this changed really fast. Fast forward a year, I was being abused by a family member. It was physically and verbally. Words cut through me faster than a knife with butter. Fast forward another year, a different family member sexually abused me. I was 10. How does a little girl handle this? I held all this in, piled up everything. When I got to the fifth grade, I started to do self-harm. I thought that it was a good idea. Something that started out as little scratches gradually got worse. More often and more of them. And in sixth grade, I started to get bullied. This all got worse as time went on. I started to become a cutter. Eighth grade, I decided I didn't believe in love. I wouldn't tell my family I loved them, ever. I told them I cared. I started to try different things, drugs, more cutting, more alcohol, boys, more cutting. I had been to three hospitals. I tried to kill myself in many ways. Nothing worked. Freshman year, I I didn't believe in God. Cutting was an everyday thing. I always thought about killing myself. I despised myself. My third visit to a hospital, my parents decided I need long-term care, care, and I was sent to a residential facility. My life made a 180. The day my parents dropped me off, I got out of the car in, in jeans and a Walmart brand purple uh, sweatshirt. I met the director, and it was time to tell them goodbye. Tears fell off my dad's cheek onto his blue shirt. My mom had a runny nose and red eyes. I hugged them and said nothing, but my dad said he loved me. My mom quickly said the same. I turned and grabbed my bag, and as I went to the door, I saw them hugging and sobbing. The door closed, so did my free will. Every day was the same. Wake up, eat chores, Bible, sh- uh, school, eat, school, read, sleep. I didn't see or talk to my parents for three months. I missed my sister's graduation while I was there, and there was a funeral. When I did see my parents for the first time after three months, or almost four months, I literally ran to them on a broken foot. It was surreal. I told them I loved them. I didn't let go of dear life. My life slowly changed. I let God into my heart, breaking all the sadness, the pain, the hurt, lies. Everything I was diagnosed with didn't matter anymore. When I got home, I saw let God fade from sight. It was hard to keep, at, keep him at the front of my mind when I had so many freedoms back. 
I was slowly going back to the old me when I got into a wreck, and I actually uh, was actually heading to youth group that Wednesday. The rain was all of a sudden. Someone cut me off and hit me, and uh, the car fishtailed and went to the side. It tipped a little and went back, and I went, I went backwards, and I was facing traffic. Then I was hit a guardrail at 60 miles an hour. I wasn't hurt. The car had a crack in the taillight, and that was it. But God was watching and made sure I knew that. I had a panic attack in the driver's seat, and I bawled to the high heavens, thanking God. Even though I've been through so much, God still has a plan for me. My time here is needed, and I will change the world with my story. Wow. I will change the world with God's story. I am a child of God. Oh, did I mention I'm only 16? 16, and I've been through a lifetime of crud. If you were here last week, scubala. I am still in high school and make mistakes. I love God with all my heart, with all my being. He saved me from many things. He died so that I could stand here and say, I am living proof of you. I am a warrior. Nothing makes me happier than sharing his word. And I thank God every day that I'm alive. Come on. It's all about making the choice. That's what it's about today. This is how we receive hope every single day. Today there's a choice that all of us need to make. And you may be one here that's been in church and everything. And you, you may, everything may be going great for you. But don't let... like. This young lady said when she got home with all the freedoms, with all the things that really God came, became, she put him in the back seat. Sometimes we do that. You know, Easter can remind us of how powerful the Lord is and how he ran after you and I, but he gave everything up. And that we should realize that, listen, if he gave everything up, then the only way I can live my life is to give everything up for him and to press into him. So the choice that you need to make today, if you're a believer in here and you've followed after God, is to, to increase in that, to draw near to him even more, to go after him even more. Not, it's not that you're going to receive more of His love. His love's already been poured out. It's so you can be more like Him. And you can receive all that this salvation that you've accepted wherever how many years ago, you can receive all that in your life and continually walk in it. So do that today. There's another group here that today you, you made a choice to be here but you know you've been falling away from the Lord. You haven't, you've, you've made that choice one day. You gave your life to Him. But just like that, that young girl that you might have, you were just away from Him. He's not in the forefront of your life. It's time for you to come back. And some of you may think that God is mad at you and He's not. He is on the edge of His seat saying, come on. You're not here by accident. 
today you are here to hear this word of hope. That what the plans, the giftings, the purposes are for you today. You have not lost them. God has not taken them away from you. Take that step. Make that choice today to come fully back to Him. And then there are this last group of people that you have never known the Lord. You have never given Him your life. And you're sitting there today knowing that there's something more. In fact, you are feeling something tug on your heart. And that's Jesus. He's tugging on you and saying, come on. Today's the day that you receive me. Today's the day of salvation. That means that you give your life to him. And he, guess what? This is a great thing. He gives his life to you. No matter how, it's not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a good exchange. He gets the worst part. When I gave my life back in 1983 to the Lord, he got my stinking life, but I got all of his. But that's what he chose. And it's a choice for you today to give your life to him. And you know inside you need to do this. So I want to give you choices today. Since it's it's all about choices. It's all about he sets out the table. He sets out the feast. You can choose to feast. Or you can choose to walk away. You can choose the blessing. Or you can choose to be cursed. It's up to you. He just can't make you. He just lays it out for us. And what better day than Resurrection Sunday to make a choice for life today. Amen? Amen.